Hey guys, Tony Reed here. Now we all know spring is right around the corner and you're going to need plenty of podcasts on your playlist for those long hours in the field. The one podcast that I'm going to recommend is Farm for Profit. Tanner, Dave, and Corey do a phenomenal job of having a wide range of guests on their show. It might be anyone from a university professor to an estate planner to a marketing analyst. They even have machine repeat on there from time to time. Then once a week, they do a Farm for Fun episode where they sit around and crack a few cold ones and kind of get off the beaten path a little bit. And those guests may come from Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, or even TikTok. It's a great podcast. You got to go check it out. They're on all the major players, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all of them. You can even go to Google and type in farm, the number four, profit.com and read all about them. They call themselves the mullet of podcast. Go check it out. You won't regret it. That's farm, the number four, profit. Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick, and the lovely Mrs. Growing Corn is going to join us on this one. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. Feels good. Doing good. Great. So, I think this evening we're going to talk about stuff that gets on my nerves as a husband and a farmer, and then you can do the same. You can reciprocate. And tell the whole world the stuff that just writes you to no end. You know, that's whatever. usually what I do on TikTok. So. Pretty much, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So as we get going here, and now we can't lump Nick's wife in with this because she's not here to def- to defend herself. But if if Nick wants to throw her under the bus, we're more than happy to let him. A do wise that. man would not. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so one of my number one pet peeves in the world is. She'll call and say, hey, I'm bringing supper out to the field. Where are you at? Okay, so I'll tell her. And we'll be at the field, and it might be the only entrance into that field. Yep. And you can count on it like fucking clockwork. I'll be halfway through the field. I'll see her coming, and my phone will ring. Hey, where do you want me to pull in at? Well, probably the fucking gate, because there's a fucking (laughs) six-foot-deep ditch all the way around this field. So I would shoot for the culvert and go from there. But it's like I have to tell her exactly where to pull in, where to park, and because usually after she gets in the gate, she'll call me back. Is it okay if I park here? And it's like just get away from everything. If there's grain trucks and shit sitting here, don't park by that stuff. Park way away from everything. But she always has to verify, which is fine, I guess. I'm just glad she can't find the fields because my wife and I've been married for about 15 years now, a little over. And I'm still going to have to give her directions to pretty much every field. Yeah. Most of the time, my kids are telling her on the way there, hey, you got to take a right here and, and yeah. go there. Cause my she- my all-time favorite is my wife's bringing me supper, lunch, snack, something. And this has been years and years ago. My daughter was very small at the time. And my wife pulled up in an awkward spot. And my daughter opened the door, stepped out of the car, into a ditch, and completely disappeared. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One of my funniest farming memories is just watching my little blonde-haired daughter just completely disappear. <laughs> She's gone. I'm like, well, yeah, I wouldn't have parked there. Oh, yeah, definitely shouldn't have parked there. Uh-huh. And so do I get a rebuttal y- on this? You can, but you got to admit that this happens every... Absolutely. Time. It does happen every single time. Okay. Because if I park in the wrong spot or pull into the wrong spot, you will completely lose your mind. Exactly. Completely. And so I just want to clarify with you is is this where you want me to park because if i park in the wrong spot you're gonna be like that's the stupidest place you could have parked in the entire right. world but, so so you should make mental notes when pulling into a field pull in the culvert obviously I and do then that. and then wherever like if it's in the fall wherever the rest of the machinery is park as far away from that stuff as you can and that's the that's your best odds in not getting your ass chewed because we're working over here we got grain carts trucks running in and out so don't park next to the grain truck or your van's gonna get smashed see i'm I'm looking ahead and if i park over here where you still have corn to do i know you're gonna get there eventually and then my van's gonna be in the way this is true but it's more (laughs) in the way right now because once you get there and get all the kids unloaded and the food and whatever we can work out the small details later because you're always farting around going here and taking pictures and toting kids back and forth so the main thing is pull far away from everything. 
It always pisses me off when, you know, the pet peeve of the world's fucking seed corn salesman, who I don't even buy seed from, pull it in the fall, and they park right beside the fucking grain truck. Well, that's real handy. Now how am I going to get the grain cart up here? So. Yeah. Duly noted. Yeah. I always get a truck out of my. I'm still going to (laughs) call. My wife does this every year. I'll be going the one way in the field. There's no driveway at that end. She'll pull down the side road. And our ditches aren't very deep. But logically, like I said, you use the culvert. So she'll come blowing down there. I just turn on the end. I'll start heading the other way towards the culvert. Hey, are you going to stop down here for me? No. Go to the other end where you would normally pull in. That's where I'll be. See you when I get there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So what's so what's your thought? I mean, do you got anything else to add no, to no. The, you don't. That's no, that's it. I'm, that's that's as far as you're going to take this. <laughs> I'm well, surprised. You, you as as I said, I usually just try to clarify things with you before I even get there, because you are very high strung <laughs> during fall well, harvest, and so I try to minimize everything as much as possible. Let's let's not piss him well, off. I hear you. I, I don't want to make my wife <laughs> mad with this because I do enjoy the snacks and the, and the meals. So I, I'm not going to go too far. I'll get it on each side of the field. Sit down the road if I got to. I'll I'll pick it up. But I don't want to miss my snacks. But. When when I get into a tractor or combine, I immediately go into super duper over the top efficiency mode. It's like if I stop here for. A minute and a half to take a piss, then that just literally cost me a hundred yards through the field, whatever, and it just it drives me up a wall. By the time you multiply that over days and weeks, and it just it's like that ended up that that cost me a day and a half at the end of the day. <laughs> 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 so Your math is if you ever notice when you pull into a field, the first thing I will do is get out of the machine and take a piss because I haven't pissed for hours. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then once, usually once you, it gets so the bad. the time, you don't even stop. You just wave me and you're still rounding around and exactly. I've got kids under each arm, a bag, and I'm running for it to get in the combine. <laughs> you can get on as you turn. It ain't no problem. And I'm not kidding. He really does that. Yeah. One Same thing I, if I have to exit. One time I got on my daughter when she was pretty small about running. You know, I didn't have time to waste and then she tripped and fell about jammed a corn stalk through her neck. I'm like, yeah, these new stalks are a little tougher than when I was a kid. I better let her walk. So I I try to take a little more time now. I did find last fall the best toy you can take for kids in a combine is, so I I write notes all over my windows. So like up above my head to the right, I write all my combine settings in permanent marker where they're always there. That's always my baseline, okay? Every year when I get in, okay, this is where we was at last year, and then I can tweak it from there. So them are always written there. But then I always keep little, uh, the markers like you'd write a dry erase Expo board. Yeah. yeah. Always keep some of in there because I'll need to make a little note through the day and not trying to dig through the armrest for a pen and paper and this and that. So I just write it on the window and then yeah. go from there. But I found out last fall, if you get little kids in there, you give them them markers. Oh, my God. They'll paint every window in that fucking combine and <laughs> do it again and wipe it off. And it kept them occupied for hours mm-hmm. in there. It did. Just drawing stuff. So... Note to self, if you got little kids riding with you, give them a marker that'll wipe off the window. And another thing, I always have to preach this. Anybody that knows me will hear this, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Do not let your kids set against the combine windshield nope. with their back up against it. Absolutely not. This is burnt in my brain. When I was on wheat harvest in 1998, their son was sitting there with his back up against the window. Everything was good. That was Normal procedure. All yep. the kids done. That was just how they rode. And so the the son was sitting there, and he was probably nine years old, eight, nine years old, there it was. He'd sat there for two hours, and he wasn't with me. He was with his grandpa. And he'd sat there. Everything was fine. We stopped for dinner and was going to get back in the combines, and the boy said, no. He said, I'm going to go with Mom this afternoon. I'm not going to ride in the combine. And his grandpa got back in the combine and did, didn't go 100 yards and somehow picked up a big flat rock, and it flipped it up and busted the whole windshield out of that combine. If that yeah. kid had been sitting there, he'd have went right in the head, and you'd have never shut it off in time. Nope, so no way. So do not let your kids ride with their back against the windshield. I see that, and I cringe yes. every time I see that. You will not get that thing shut off fast enough, so do not do it. So what's your safety tip of the day, Carolyn? As far as farming? As far as anything. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I have lots of safety tips. <laughs> don't eat yellow snow. I mean, <laughs> God, 
gosh, I don't know. Um, we got. We have got to make enough money off this podcast to buy you a new hood for your. No, lawnmower. I don't if want I hear a new hood. One more comment about your wife needs a new hood for her lawnmower, which she ripped off. I'm gonna die. <laughs> But I made a TikTok video about this today, though. I don't want a new hood because if I have a brand new mower, you're going to follow me up and down this yard riding me every step of the way. Oh, you, you went too far over. You got in the well, rocks. Well, you just do it right, and then they would have to do that. But I don't want to do it right. I want to get on the mower for two hours. Yeah, you and do. Just you do want to do it right. Girl. I know. You're a perfectionist. You do no, want to do it right. Mowing. I would rather take a beating than mow the yard. She absolutely loves it. That's her time away. And mm-hmm. when we lived in town, of course, you know my yard. It was golf green. I mean, pristine. pristine. The kids weren't even allowed to walk on it. And got mowed with the stripes in it, everything else. We moved to the country, and it's like, I don't give a shit. I don't care if we even mow it. Could care less. Mowing the yard pays nothing. But that's she. That's what she loves to do. I love so mowing. It's my most favorite thing in town. Knock yourself it's out. two hours where absolutely nobody messes with me. Nobody can get to me, and I can just go. I can... Think about the, I can think about the day, process Well, you, you can go till you tear the mower out. I, I can mow 15 <laughs> times in a row, never have one problem. She gets I on the mower. Oh, uh, the mower won't move. I got She's threw the hydrostat valve off yeah. or something. It's like, how do you die? I, I mowed for years and never had this problem. You get on it one time and the fucking belt's off. But I think, I honest to God think it's because I'm jinxed. Because do you remember, gosh, it was probably two years ago, you drive our Ranger around everywhere. You drive it to town to get gas in it all the time. You told me that day, it was the day of your birthday, you're like, drive that to Strasburg, get some gas. I'm like, I don't want to, I'm not comfortable doing this. You're like, no, just do it, it'll be just fine. I drove it, did as careful as can be, got halfway home, belt came flying off and I was stranded. She's and got it was like nothing I did. Quit being hard on stuff, Carol. <laughs> exactly. I was going slower than he does. There's your problem. Exactly. No. Women... Anything they get on that's got belts on it, they'll throw the belt off. I don't care what it's on. I don't mind mowing the yard. My wife likes mowing the yard for the same reason Carolyn does. Some away time, some downtime, and that's fine. I got no problem with that. My pet peeve is when you wait for me to get home and then you want to mow. Yeah. Because nothing irritates me more than listening to a lawnmower. I have to listen to them all day at work in town because everybody mows different times. So I have to listen to a lawnmower all day long. And then I get home. I'm trying to talk on the phone, do whatever. Somebody's mowing the yard. That's the one thing I hate I'm about like, living in town. If I have to live, if I have to listen to them more, I might as well be riding it. Yep. That burns me to no end. I can't. I, well, I sound of a lawnmower running. <laughs> then I have to listen to the kids. <laughs> but that's probably why she does it. Is she needs <laughs> someone exactly. in there refereeing well, like, the kids? Yeah, you could do it any so other time. Or let me know you're going to mow the yard. I'll go over to Tony's and I'll, we'll watch you mow the yard. And run into stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I you just and Kelly should just take this thing. You could load our mower up, take it yeah. over there, do all their mowing, then come over here and yeah. do all, I mean, hell, there's like Knock five hours out. worth of mowing between everybody. Yeah. Knock it out. And we'll just sit and drink beer and yeah. not yeah. watch the kids. Hey, and, yeah. I'm I'm not opposed to that. I, I'd happily mow it. But that's going to involve us getting a trailer and hooking it to the truck. Yeah, it and like a lot of work. Tell you what. You drive the mower over to Kelly's. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll throw a belt on the way yeah, and you exactly. guys will have to come get me. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it with a ranger. <laughs> exactly. Women are just wired different. I mean, we've talked about this in other podcasts. I don't know if they've made the air yet or not. So me and Nick are very, we. And that's why our families get along so great, because we all parent alike. Everything's the same. You know, if my kids are to his house and need their ass beat, go for it. Same with his kids here, whatever. But me and Nick are very hands-off. When they all come over here, it's like, I don't want to see the kids. I didn't. I didn't, you know, you didn't come over here to sit here under the shade tree with your kids. You can do that at your house. Yeah. Get out of my hair. Go play. The only rules are don't get in trouble and don't get hurt. Other than that, I don't want to see you. Where the women, oh, where's the kids at? What are they doing? Oh, they're going to get her. Oh, get, get them over. And the fun is never had with your parents around. No, never. <laughs> well, kids today are so much different. When we were kids, as soon as you got to somebody's place, what's the first thing you did? Got as far away from the adults as you could get. Because it was like this unwritten rule that if your parents seen you, that meant you had to go then home. Then you had to go home. Yep. But if you're gone, no harm, no foul, no see, no hear, nobody does anything, yep. right? So you can play as long as you want. But as soon as you show up, then it's time to go. Yep. Our kids don't always register that. I'm like, they, they want to hang out with you. I'm like, you eavesdropping little, yeah. just get away from me and exactly. move along. 
Yep. Have fun. Oh, I didn't dream friends. of doing that when we were growing no. up where dad and his brothers or whoever sat around. You didn't even go in the circle there. No. I mean, it, no, that, that wasn't going to work. No. no. I can remember Sunday dinners at my grandma's house hiding in the closet so my mom couldn't find me because I was like, I do not want to go home. I want to stay <laughs> no. longer. Kids are just, they're just wired different nowadays. I re- Because we've talked in the past that, you know, and heaven forbid, you know, my kids hear this someday, so I'm not knocking you. I'm just throwing out the disclaimer, but... You know, when you're a parent, you always think that your kids could do more, that, you know, they're not doing enough. They're, all they're doing is sitting in front of the TV, even though they're probably not. That's just yeah. what you what you think. Yeah, for sure. And I guarantee you, my dad said the same thing about me and oh, his yeah. dad about, you know, and on down the line. But it is nice when you talk to other people. They're like, oh, God, you should see what my kid did. You know, he, he played Xbox for 15 hours today. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess I don't feel so bad yeah. now because my kid didn't do that. So, which we've always been leaning on the video games TV, whatever, this time of year, because there honestly really isn't much to do. Now, you know, everybody can argue that however they want. I'm not opposed to it because my kids do need to know how to use computers. Yeah. You know, that's just the world that they're growing up in. But our deal has always been the time change. So a week from now, we're going to change the time. After that, things are going to get very, very limited because there's plenty of daylight out now. You're going to play outside. And, you know, so in the wintertime, I, I have no problem. But, you know, we don't give them free reign by any means. No. But, you know, they do a little more than they do in the summertime. But it, but it is a different world than we grew up in. Like, and we played video games. And Mario Brothers and all that came out when I was a kid. We played it some. I can beat it. You know, whatever. But I still rode the three-wheeler, three-wheeler like, nonstop. Anytime somebody let me on it, I'd ride it. Yeah. My kids will ride it, but right. not as much as I would yeah. if I was them. Yeah, you know, my kids got two four-wheelers, and, you know, we didn't have that stuff growing up. We didn't, which we didn't have video games or none of it. I mean, we were, like, really in the Stone Age, but I would have gave anything to have one four-wheeler, let alone two, and my kids were riding for a little bit, and they come in, and they're like, yeah, you know, they're kind of done with it, and and that's it. I rode till I got, you know, Nintendo thumb on the four-wheeler. You get throttle (laughs) thumb where you can't can't push it anymore. It's like, yeah, I better take an ice water drink here and get my thumb back in in season and go again, you know. But but me and my brothers growing up, too, was the same way. Once we went outside for the day, mom mom had no clue. And we lived in the country. and I mean, we could have been a mile from the house for all she knew. No clue, but she didn't worry. She knew we'd be back when Uh, we got home. I mean, times were different. We, We wandered town. I mean, I grew up in town for the most part, but... You know, our, mom and dad's rule was you'd be home when the streetlights were on. Mm-hmm. So you hoped and prayed that you had like the lazy light, like in front of yeah. your house, like the one that didn't come on till last. Like, oh, that first one, come on, you're you're pedaling for all your worth. Gotta get home quick. Cause my dad had a hard and fast rule on that. Yeah. He was not coming looking for you without, you know, there's some beatings yeah. at the end of that if he has to come find you. So you're pedaling fast. My kids are like, ah, it's not the same deal. But. but my kids, they don't even venture from the house. They'll, you know, they'll play outside in the yard. They'll play mm-hmm. ball, do whatever. But it's like, if I had all this woods and creek like we yeah, got for here, sure. you would never see You'd me. You'd never and, see me. And they'll do it, but it's very, very seldom. you about got to tell them, you know, hey, go. I think also, though, when you think about the dynamics of what you grew up in. So you grew up with all brothers. Nick grew up with another brother where we have a son and a daughter Two and so, yeah, two daughters. Well, that's I'm, true. Josie is not going out in those woods. That's, <laughs> oh, yes. she'd be the first one out there if you let her. We're no. restricting her. No. <laughs> She's a little too. But, but what but, I'm saying is I think it's the different dynamics, you know, yeah. where brothers and sisters don't necessarily want to go out to the woods and do the same kind of things, you know. Well, that, that's true. You're right there. I mean. Because I grew up with all sisters, and we were the same way. We were all out there, whatever, you know, but we had no brothers. But so. you guys were playing a different game than. We what? were we were we were hauling yeah. wood out there and building houses and trees. We were a little house on the prairie. We, we, we were a little house on the prairie. We wanted to be Native Americans, but we weren't making arrowheads and stuff. We're building casinos and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we were we were making mud pies and we had a kitchen set out there and we were cooking for each other and having pizza we were parties cooking. and we were trying to make corn cob bombs with the neighbor <laughs> kids and those things never work. And we we soaked them. We did all kinds of weird stuff with those and they never did work. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's different. I mean, you know, kids nowadays are somewhat pussified. A lot of helicopter parenting going on. You know, I mean, no, there, for there, sure. there really is. I mean, our parents, that was literally the rule. Don't get yeah. killed. We'll see you in six hours. And, and all the neighbor kids, I mean, my whole neighborhood was all boys. So it was yeah. all boys playing together of all about the same age. It was a pretty good could, time. Could you imagine, and I remember this as plain as the day is long, every now and again when I was growing up, 
I'm going to guess from the time I was old enough to remember, so let's say four or five years old to the time I was probably 12, 13, I'm going to say we went to Six Flags in St. Louis Big Amusement Park probably three times, maybe four, you know, with the family or whatever, with cousins, whatever. And so out of the group of us, if there was five of us, the oldest ones would have been my oldest brother. I'm going to say he was 13, 14 tops all the way down to me, you know, that would have been in the nine, ten years old, roughly whatever. And yeah. mom and dad would give you like, you know, whatever it was back then, 25 bucks. And you meet us back here at the Looney Tunes fucking yeah. ride at 11 o'clock. And that's, and everybody went off and that was it. I, and Mary, you couldn't pay my wife a million dollars <laughs> no. to do no. that with our kids. No, but, it, but no it's way. a different world now. You know, but, there, was, there was nobody picking them up and off back then, you know. And actually, though, if you think about it, there was. We're just more aware of it now. Well, but yeah. if you think about it, back then there was no cameras anywhere. No. Now, nowadays, you're on camera everywhere, everywhere you go. Yeah, it's true. probably safer by all rights. I mean, everybody's got a cell phone in their pocket. You're going to see some random video of Thunder River, and you're going to see your child getting abducted <laughs> in the background and have a lead yeah. to the case, you know? Back then, you didn't have nothing. <laughs> I remember, you know, it, was, it didn't happen very often. Once in a while, growing up, you'd hear about, you know, this windowless van oh, yeah. that was handing out candy, luring these kids in. So, me and my buddies would be like, well, we're looking for this van. Yeah. We're going to find this guy. Right. He comes through our town. He ain't getting out. You know, yeah. we're going to take him down, you know? <laughs> Fortunately, it never came through our town. We never had to take this guy down. But if you're out there, we're looking for you. Yeah. That's like those TikTok videos. There was like, what was something that you grew up with as a child that you were super worried about, but as an adult, you're not whatever. And it was those windowless vans. Yeah. I mean, it was just preached to you. There's yeah. going to be these vans coming around, and they're going to try to lure you in with candy. And yeah. I'm like, no one is giving me any candy. Yeah. What's going on? I've been riding my bike for four hours. <laughs> Nobody's giving me this, any candy. I'm not very happy. I even about drove it. up to the van and knocked, and no he doubt. drove away. No so doubt. this this is the neighborhood I grew up in. Get this. Now we grew up in the country down a dead end road the two neighbors we had was both way old people i mean way up in their 70s so no other kids so we were kind of secluded could do pretty much whatever we wanted and i'll never forget this i'm gonna guess i was seven eight years old my brother won a go-kart from walmart from quaker state oil get this <laughs> won it free and clear so we had this go-kart well this dead end road that we lived down it was I don't know, half, three quarters of a mile long. And so mom and dad just let us ride it up and down that road, you know, because there wasn't no traffic. It was a dead yeah. And so my mom's brother and his wife had come down. And, of course, my uncle, he'd have been 40 years old, 45, whatever he was, you know, at the time. And we was riding that go-kart. He was riding with me, you know, I because I was young enough. I think I sat on his lap, whatever. And because I couldn't reach the pedals, it was really stretched. Yeah. I looked like an Indy 500 car. And we run out of gas. And it's like, shit, you know. So we was getting ready to start walking with this old beat-up truck comes tooling down the road. It was two guys, had a keg in the back with a tapper run through the cab. <laughs> you boys having some trouble? <laughs> yeah, we run out of gas. Oh, hell, jump in. We'll take you to the house. So we get in with drunk people and take us to the house to get more gas. And that, that was the neighborhood I grew up in yeah. with a keg in the back. Low risk. Yeah. Low risk. <laughs> You did not make good decisions as a child. <laughs> well, that's another thing. So, when I was a kid, and so, like on, so my dad had 14 brothers and sisters, or maybe 13, 13 or 14, whatever the hell I ain't going to count them out now, but none of them were smokers. Mom's side, they were all kind of the hellraiser smokers, whatever, really great guys. And it was standard operating procedure. Our one uncle would take us camping every summer. And he might, he might literally just camp there at our house in the woods, you know, 200 yards from the house. It might be at his place, wherever. But he always wouldn't take us all camping every summer. But there was standard operating procedure. I mean, everybody got cigarettes, the whole ball of ass, you know, nine, ten years old, you know. And then mom and dad wonder why we all smoke now. It's like, well, goddamn. And same way, Fourth of July, you didn't get the, the lighter or the punks or whatever. No, mom and dad always buy cigars. Here, here, have a cigar. Dad's like, <laughs> way better than a punk. And they do. The and then trip. they all wonder why we smoke. It's like, well, you guys started this shit when I was 10 years old. <laughs> so, that's where I come from. Uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, they start. Yeah, but nope, times have changed. I guarantee you if I come home with a big box of cigars and told my kids, hey, let's go light some bottle rockets, well, she's going to throw a shit fit. For one, you'd be out 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, every small parts tray was a Switcher Sweet Box. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, everybody's toward. Oh, they was, yeah. Screws, nuts, bolts, whatever, to switch your sweet box because everybody had like 45 of those. Yeah. That they weren't using. Yeah. They just had them set around. Now that's 50 bucks a box and well, you don't, you, yeah. nobody has them. And it was funny growing up because your dad always chewed cigars, right? Mm-hmm. He never, I don't ever remember your dad smoking a cigar. I never lit one, no. He always chewed them. You remember that? His dad? No, I don't. Yep. Yeah. He always had a big, the big, great big Swisher Sweet Stogies, but it, it was never lit. He always chewed them. Actually, yes, I do. Yes, I do, actually. Yeah. I do remember that. Because yeah. I remember him coming in the restaurant. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember walking in somewhere with him. This has been years and years and years ago, obviously. And they're like, sir, you can't smoke in here. He's like, that's fine. Like, but sir, he's like, it's not lit. <laughs> like, but you can't, but he's like, I'm not going to light it. Why do you have it? I'm not going to light it. I'm good. He just keeps walking, you know, because he wasn't going to light it. Right. Ahead. Wasn't going to light it. Just wanted something to chew on. <laughs> I don't know. When did he quit that? We probably seniors in high school. Or I don't know. It goes back and forth. Depends on the day. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, when we were younger, it was a given. If you went to their shop. That's why I always school. laugh in that one Will Smith song. Not that I'm a rap god, but you know he's like if it's just for the look. I don't light it. And I always think of my dad when I hear that lyric. Because I'm like, that was my my dad was Will Smith cool was back say, before Will Smith was Will Smith cool. I'm like my dad was just for the look. He didn't light it. You know? Yeah, sure enough. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's and you know it's always funny too, and I I should always ask my dad if it's that way too. So to me, I've always been stuck. Like to me, your dad is 45 years old. Yeah, you know these people have never aged in my mind. Yeah, even though they actually have, you know, and, it, and it's funny how that works. I guess. Yeah, uh, but in the, in my mind, we're not in our forties. No, absolutely. in my mind, I'm about twenty six. I'm the same way. You know, and I'm a firm believer in you're only as old as you feel. I mean, I truly believe that. I, I mean, feel about sixty five, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it depends on the day. Some days twenty six, some some days sixty five. But yeah, it's funny how you know you think about people that you grew up with, and you're like, oh, they were a mountain of a man. They were this that, and here. We realize later on that well, they weren't like Andre the Giant. Yeah, but you were nine, and they were six two. So they felt like a giant to you then, and I still view them that way now. You know, like my uncle, or great uncle, you remember Tony, Arlen, yep. mm-hmm. you know, mountain of a man in my mind. My cousin tells me, oh, I, you know, you're taller than he was, so on and so forth. Nope. In my mind, Arlen's yeah. always going to be this mountain giant of a man that I didn't want, I never yeah. saw him mad, and I didn't want to see him mad, because his hands were like double the size of mine, and I'm not a small guy. I'm like, yep, never want to yeah. see him mad. I don't know that he was that big, but that's how I remember him, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. No, you're right, because I I remember the same thing. He always drove a school bus. Yes. And and as a little kid walking by, you're like, man, this guy's just a mammoth. Yeah. I mean, he could take a basketball and just palm it like it was, you know, no big deal. He was just, he was a big guy, in my mind. Have you noticed, too, how the dynamics, at least in this area, I'm not speaking for everybody, but around here, how the dynamics have changed? So, when we were kids, you know, my dad owned his own business, your dad owned his own business. There was tons of people in our community that was 30, 40 years old that owned their own business and was yeah. very successful. But now, a lot of that's not, gone. Not that many anymore. Yeah. And, and it was anything from carpenters to mechanics to, to a little bit of everything. Yeah. And and now, I mean, there's, there's not much of that at all. I not mean, to get political, but there's two reasons for that. A, everybody pushed going to college. So yeah. now you have a lot of college graduates and educated versus entrepreneurs and B it's a lot harder to open your business now versus sure. I'll agree with True. Back then. Yeah. I've, I've always thought and I could be totally wrong on this but I've always thought if you want real wealth and I'm talking fuck you money at the end of your life you got to do it on your own you know I'm not yeah. saying you can't go to Caterpillar John Deere wherever and make a good living and have a nice house and a boat and a nice car what you know I'm not saying yeah. that but I'm saying if if you look around the people here that's got real money, yeah, they were the guys that had their own business and done it on their own. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, because at the end of the day, whenever you work for a corporation, you're still answering to somebody, right? And Versus most of when them, you're in charge, you're that's all somebody yours. else's dream, not yours. Yeah, and, exactly. and most of them places max out, whether it's a a, mm-hmm. a factory that's you know a printing factory making magazines or John Deere, you know, the top guy tops out at twenty eight yeah. bucks an hour, you know, whatever that figure is. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's where you're stuck, you know. But so much of that comes down to security, benefits, sure. less risk, right? So yeah. Yeah. I know if I show up at company XYZ, I'm getting $25 an hour for every minute I'm, you know, for every hour yeah. I'm there. Yep. Whereas if I'm, you know, Joe Blow, whatever, 
Yeah. Well, today I'm making ten. Tomorrow I'm making thirty. Next day I'm making five. Yeah. Next day I'm losing ten bucks an yeah. hour, and I might make fifty the next day. Yeah. You and know. the wife and I have always talked too, like compared to my brothers, they both got really good yeah. corporate factory jobs, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not knocking them. So let's say if we all take a vacation, okay, they've got two weeks paid vacation to burn. Yeah. Her and I yeah. don't. We're self-employed, so yeah. we're losing wages plus buying the vacation. So yes, it costs exactly. us double to go on vacation as to what it costs them because they're still getting paid to go on vacation. Yeah, I know so, exactly what you're saying. So, you know, it, it makes a big difference. But Absolutely. I, I do think over the long haul, yeah. if you stick with it and and do have success, that you can get the payoff at the end. Assuming your wife doesn't tear the hood off your lawnmower in the meantime. This is true. I mean, because some days you're like, oh, I'm killing, I'm killing it. And then, and then somebody hits something with a lawnmower. It's like, yep. well, there's a thousand bucks I'll never get back. You sure know? $700. I had someone price check it for me today. And we're just not going to replace it because it no. works just fine without it. No. The hood is just decoration, basically. And, and the flip side to that is, too, if you take the, the guy with the corporate job or factory job, most of them guys are going to retire from 62 to 65, maybe 66. Yeah. You know, and probably bail out. Where guys like your dad or whoever, they're still in it at 70, not because they have to be. It's because they want to be, and they're, yeah. they're still going. And, you know, some people are wired different. You know, you always hear about the people that, you know, they retire and then they die. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and there's truth to that. Some people that work a certain lifestyle, I don't think they can do anything else other yeah. than that. They have to do something. Otherwise... Yeah. They melt. I'm I'm truly shocked at my dad. I mean, and you can vouch for this. Yeah. He was truthfully one of the best carpenters I would sure. put anywhere. Built, built my house. Yep. Owned his own business. And I mean, if it wasn't done right, somebody was getting their ass chewed and it was getting fixed and it was yeah. going to be done right. And it was going to be done efficient. And I mean, yep. the whole ball of wax. Hardest working man i ever seen. The days he wasn't building houses, he was cutting brush, clearing yep. land, you know, all this shit. And he told my mom when he turned 62, he said, I'm retiring. He said, you know, I'm not working the day I die. He said, that's stupid. You know, I paid all this money into Social Security, all this shit over these years. I'm not yeah. working until I'm not worth anything. I'm retired. And somebody asked him, he said, what are you going to do when you retire? He said, I'm going to buy me the biggest flat screen TV money can buy, and I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV. And that's what that guy's done from the time he, yeah. and, and he loves, I mean, and he, he, he preaches to everybody. The, the minute you can get your first retirement, take it. And he, he helps me in the fall. He's Awesome when it comes to farming because he don't care if it rains. Stay home. You know, he don't care. I'll be there. I laugh at school every time I see him picking the kids up because it's just soft old grandpa. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's the car door open for you. Get on in. That that is not the mic I grew up with when I was a kid. It's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) I'm here to see Tony. All right. Well, we're almost done cutting wood. Can you give it? Yeah. He'll be around a little bit. You know, not quite that. It wasn't that gruff, right. but I'm surprised he didn't rope you in to help him <laughs> cut the wood. Well, but he, he we knew right when to slide in, girl. You want to get there too early. <laughs> Actually, funny story on Tony. So we show up, and Tony and I, is one of our good friends, mutual friends, go over to get Tony one night. It's like, hey, well, two of our good mutual friends. We go over to get Tony one night. Hey, you want to come over to the woods, hang out? Nah, Tony's like, I'm kind of settled in for the night. I don't want to go out. Okay, so we leave. So pretty soon, here his brother comes, drops him off. We're like, where'd you come from? He's like, well, Dad wanted to know what you guys were doing there. I told him you guys were over here at the woods hanging out, and I didn't really feel like going out. He told me, get your ass out of the house and go hang out with them guys. (laughs) So he actually forced Tony to go out with us. I knew he was in a rough enough mood. He was going to be one of them deals. No, you might as well just leave. Yeah, Yeah. just stay home is what I figured the answer was going to be. He's going to bother asking. Yeah. And yep, sure enough. And I think we ended up doing donuts in my brother's car, and we pretty much fucked so it up. Until it died, and then we didn't have anything to jumpstart it with. Yeah, and it was a good night. We actually had to put jumper cables. We we tried to fashion them onto the tiller. We got it running. There was a hand-start mm-hmm. tiller there, and somehow we made that work and got the car fired up and, and got him out of there. But it was, That's a, hilarious. It was a rough night. This is true. Okay, so you were talking about his dad kicking him out to go out that night. Well, they must have been desperate to get rid of him because <laughs> it was 2000. I didn't know Tony at all, but I was running for the homecoming queen. And so I was walking around town selling tickets 
And I knocked on his door. I didn't know he lived there. Of course, I lived at home. I lived at home when I was 26. (laughs) He knocked on mom and dad's door. (laughs) I knocked on his parents' door. Come on, knock on my door. (laughs) I I don't remember this at all. I truly don't. I honestly don't. So I knocked on the door because I was literally walking down the street selling my homecoming tickets or whatever. I knocked on the door. Because you wanted to win. Exactly. And I did win. Let's let's throw that in there. And his mom answered the door, and I was like, hi, I'm Carolyn. And she goes, oh, you must be here for Tony. Tony, there's a girl at the door. <laughs> she did. Not she the did. first time I've I am not girl. kidding. So here comes Tony in his underwear. <laughs> and he's and that's like, when you knew. You and know. he looked at me, and I was like, I'm just selling homecoming tickets. And he's like, oh, well, I don't want any. <laughs> <laughs> did I really? You did. Yes, I was probably hungover. But your mom came back and she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm selling homecoming tickets, whatever. And she bought some tickets off of me. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but she must have, she saw a girl at the door and she's like, oh, please be here for Tony. Please, please be here probably. for Tony. We yeah. want him out of the house. And that's when you got roped in. You're like, I got to have yeah, this guy. I got to have this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's all I want and more. Yeah. Seven years later, he had me. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though, growing up in the same town, I knew who you were, but there was enough age gap. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you. Never. So ran you around. actually went to school with my sister. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we, I knew we who ran you in were. different circles. I, mean, I knew, yeah. You guys were so much younger, or you were so much younger than Tony and I that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah but you, were, never, you were in the cool clicks. So. No, we ran I was an, not in the cool click. We I was ran the with exact an older, opposite. We ran with an guys. older, honestly, we ran with our brothers' crowds. We did. Which may or may not have negative repercussions, but uh, yeah, we just we never really dabbled in the younger crowd far as hanging out with them for the most I, part. I've always crowd. hung out with older people, and I mean yeah. literally from ten years older than me to forty years older than me, <laughs> yeah. and that's just the way it's always been. So you're lucky to break through the group. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you got <laughs> extremely lucky. You should be considering yourself privileged. I am. Yeah. I do. I you were that close myself. to not making the cut. Had yeah. it not been for the homecoming tickets? Yeah. Probably. Just, actually, probably. what it was is he was 26 to living at home with his parents. He was desperate and they were desperate to get him out. He's like, well, she's she's kind of cute. I might as well take her up on this. So. <laughs> her, her and I went, did we even go on one date before I moved in with you? <laughs> Defined date. <laughs> we Let's went on that path, Carolyn. <laughs> so we went to. She can tell you all this. What I was wearing that night, and this, that, and the other. Actually, we did go on a date. I met you and your brother Eric at the bar, okay. and you and me and him and another girl went out. Just we drank at the bar for a while, went to another bar or whatever, and we stayed out that night to like two o'clock in the morning. And then like a week later, you called me and you're like, "Hey, Eric's having people over. Do you want to come?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Well, I come over and it's just him and Eric and me and this other girl. And I was like, "Okay." Well, he had people over. There was <laughs> yeah, there was people there. Yeah. And I, in his defense, generally at his brother's house, eventually people showed up. That's kind of where we moved <laughs> yeah. all the stuff to at some and point. That's probably the. F- First night I stayed at your house and never left. No, actually we stayed. No, I'm gonna. T- I know all the details. Oh god, here we go. This, like, like We've opened a big can of worms. Yeah, now. you're busted now. No, this is a good story. I'm not gonna tell the full story. We'll save that for another night. But we stayed at Eric's that night. We literally did not go to sleep. We stayed awake till six thirty in the morning, and then let's see, that was a Monday. And then <laughs> knows the day of the week. The, the only reason I know it is because Wednesday night was homecoming night. And we met up at the local bar for homecoming night. And you came home with me that night, and you never left. <laughs> this is true. I never left. I know the first night I ever stayed at her house, I've never left. <laughs> yep, he never She's left. been tagging along with me ever since. <laughs> just can't get rid of her. I had my own apartment and was self-sufficient, and he just moved in. So. This is true. You done my mom a huge favor. <laughs> That's why they love you so much. <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. Carolyn can do no wrong in mom and dad's eyes. That's Whatever true. Carolyn wants, Carolyn gets. Ironically, that was like, hundred foot behind my parents' house. This is true. It <laughs> so was. I could it see was. what vehicles were going on when I was taking the trash yep. out. So. The funny part is, though, is I remember when you started dating your wife. Yeah. That, it, and it was just so happy it never worked out that you'd ever actually ever brought her down here because you guys didn't date for like years on end either. We dated for no. nine months and got married. You guys dated for. Well, we dated once and then broke <laughs> up and then we dated again 
and that we didn't date super long. But I, I just remember coming in the shop one day, and your dad's like, "Yep, yeah, Nick's got him an imaginary girlfriend. He keeps talking about this gal, and nobody's ever seen her." <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I ever met your wife was at your wedding. <laughs> but yeah, here I am. It's still happening. Out of the park. Actually, yeah. I met her before their wedding because my grandma owned the local restaurant. And he brought her in for lunch one day. And I couldn't believe Nick had a girl with him. I remember running to the back and I was like, I think my grandma was back there. And I was like, Nick has a girlfriend. But I remember the night that we, that we actually very first hung out with I Nick do. and his wife. You got so completely smashed So drunk. did Kelly. <laughs> we did. That like nobody could function. But it was it. one of those things. Her and I had never met. You'd met her at the wedding, whatever. It was like six months after you guys had been married you guys invited us over for supper sat around the fire whatever and her and i just clicked Clicked, and i was like i found my new best friend and (laughs) i hope she feels the same way and yeah we we i think we left at like three o'clock in the morning it was a rough night i know that yeah it was i had to go to work the next day you guys all got to sleep in this is true well that's your own fault carol exactly I was responsible. <laughs> I was responsible. <laughs> Back in the old restaurant days. Mm-hmm. It was. Yep. I don't know. It's. It was fun. That's for sure. I could tell so many stories on my brothers growing up. I'm not even going to get into the shit that I did, but I don't know. that's for another. I died laughing when you were TikTok about the McDonald's thing. Oh, yeah. that That's God's <laughs> honest. That's a God's honest story. I mean, that truthfully happened. Yeah, I can see that. Yep, and for those of you that missed it on TikTok, so me, and I always run around with my brother, my, so I got two older brothers, so the middle brother and the oldest brother. I always run around with the middle brother for whatever reason. I don't know, just we all always had the same friends, and so we just always all ran around together. And a bunch of us went to McDonald's one night, and so they had a, a manager at this McDonald's that we always razzed every time we said We didn't pick on him. We weren't mean to him, but you know, you'd go up and you'd, Order a number one with a Bud Light. And he'd, you know, he'd look at you for a second. Well, we don't serve beer here. And you know, we're like 16 at the time. Like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Couldn't get one if we wanted one. But So he was always just kind of screwed with this guy. And so four of us went in there that night, but we didn't act like we any of us knew each other at all. We all went to separate cashiers. They were busier than shit. And every one of us ordered a Big Mac value meal with a cheeseburger. And we all sat at separate tables. And we would sit there and we would take the Big Mac out of the box, put the cheeseburger in the box, and you go back up to the counter like, hey, I ordered a fucking Big Mac and I got a cheeseburger. What's going on? So the first guy goes, and we all space it out. You didn't like do it at the same time. You yeah. space it out a few minutes apart. First guy goes up, man, I ordered a Big Mac and got a cheeseburger. Oh, hey, you know, hey, we're sorry about that. No problem. You know, we'll get you taken care of. So they take care of the first guy. Second guy waits about five minutes, goes up there. Same thing. Manager's like, oh, you know, hey, sorry about that. And turns around, he's like, now, guys, hey, you know, we've had two screw-ups here. You know, get it together. (laughs) Third guy goes up, and I mean, this fucking guy goes off the rails. (laughs) I mean, he turns around to you like where they slide the burgers through. Grabs them all. I mean, fucking all of them. Rakes them in the trash and just starts screaming at these fucking people. <laughs> and we're all over there looking at each other across the restaurant we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Went a little too far. Yeah, for sure too far. <laughs> I mean, he is just ripping these people a new <laughs> And it was a it was a dirty deal. We shouldn't have done it, but, you know, you're 16. Who cares? But it was fun. <laughs> One of our classmates always used to go through McDonald's and he would always order the big hearty mm-hmm. and obviously they don't have the big hearty that it's not even a sandwich now but back then it was and obviously mcdonald's doesn't sell the big hearty and then they would have this 15 minute discussion about how he wanted a big hearty and they didn't sell them and he would go back and forth with them forever and it's like can, can i just get my number two for 318 and move on why why did we let him drive it's like every time he's in the driver's window he's going to order a big hardy they don't have it because we're not at hardy's and it's a discussion yeah what's your favorite fast food restaurant you know, mcdonald's hardy's wendy's now or when i was a kid of all time don't matter if it's out of business or not oh favorite of all time Mine's Long John Silver's, hands oh. down. Blech. I cannot mm. drive past it's a Long disgusting. John Silver's without stopping. Disgusting. Mm. Favorite fast food restaurant of all time. I love McDonald's back in the day. 
but I haven't eaten at McDonald's since they announced they weren't serving all American beef. I haven't eaten in one since, and that's been 20 years now. Um, I've had some fries or maybe a drink there, but I've never eaten beef, quote-unquote, whatever they call them, beef these days. Uh, I haven't eaten. I got some chicken selects there at one point in time, but I've never eaten beef there since. Uh Now my wife will have some off-the-wall fucking Fu Manchu (laughs) something dumb. No, I don't. What is it? What's your favorite restaurant of all time? Fast food. Fast food. Fast food restaurant. You're never going to believe this. Oh, God. Here we go. What is it? Taco Bell. Oh, my goodness. Hands down. I like Taco Bell. I I can eat... Ten soft shell taco supremes from Taco Bell. I could do it right now. I oh, just easy! Love Taco Bell. I haven't eaten Taco Bell since I was place. probably eighteen. Really? I like Taco uh, Bell. Taco Bell's my favorite. See, yeah. you thought I was gonna say something outlandishly crazy. No, Taco Bell. I thought it'd be something. You know, she's the type. She goes to McDonald's, and orders a fucking salad. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Or do. McDonald's, don't order a salad. Actually, whenever I do fast food, ninety percent of the time, like if we're doing a McDonald's, Dairy Queen, whatever, I order a chicken sandwich. Yeah, chicken, yuck. Chicken sandwich. I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not, I will eat chicken. I'm not going anywhere to eat chicken. No. Here's my so thing. If I want I'll eat it, a but good, I'm not seeking out chicken. No. Here's Nerd my thing. Me if I want a good cheeseburger, I can make a cheeseburger at home that's going to a thousand times better than I'm going to get anywhere at any fast That's true. Enjoy. I'm just looking for it to be fast and cheap. No. If, I'm, if I'm eating chicken, I'm, I'm going to eat something that I'm not going to make. I'm not going to make myself a crispy chicken sandwich at home. No. I, I'm eating chicken when I'm on Naked and Afraid or something. That's all <laughs> I have left is chicken. I'm not a chicken fan. I'm Fried chicken, like if I go to KFC, I eat the skin. Pass yeah. the rest of it off to whoever said it. It's like Joey on Friends. Yeah. The skin's, <laughs> the, best part. the skin's gone, but the rest of it's there. Anybody want to on this? Yeah. 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 Does Steak and Shake count as a fast food restaurant? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it could. I'd probably take Steak and Shake I when just they were can't cleaner. Get past their, their thin burgers. It's like or their thin here. French fries. The, yeah. the burgers don't bother me. The fr- if they could put McDonald's fries with their burgers, they'd have it. Or if they would finally realize that we sell milkshakes. And we should supply a straw that will adequately, adequately get you a milkshake. Because you got to wait for that thing to completely melt into a pile of dung before you can get it through that little peanut straw they give you. I'm like, give me a real straw. I want the 4-H shack big straw that's the size of John Holmes that I can get in there and get that out. I wonder how that's working in California, a place where you got paper straws. I mean, the straw's going to be The paper straws are useless. So exactly. when we go on vacation, they want to supply paper straw. So I buy a stainless straw and keep it with me. You know how inconvenient it is to carry a straw with you? You want to feel like a real badass? Carry a stainless straw with you. Yeah. That's about like carrying a skateboard. Well, these people have sent me these nice tumblers and Yeti deals from mm-hmm. TikTok. And I, I didn't know there was such a thing as stainless straws. I'm like, so I open it. I'm like, oh, here's a real nice John Deere tumbler. I'm like, why the fuck do you send me a gas tube for an AR-15? <laughs> and she's like, no, that's a straw. I'm like, oh, people use straws in these things? You have to, because otherwise, yeah, I don't understand the straw and the tumbler thing. My kids think that's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, I don't like straws. Well, I don't carry drinks around. You've seen me drink. It doesn't matter if it's water, tea, beer, whatever. I drink at an accelerated rate because I'm not carrying it around. Yeah. That annoys me to no end. And then... My kids always have this tumbler with a straw, and it's clanging around, and then it's rolling underneath the seat in the car. I'm like, just drink it and be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> in defense of straws. <laughs> this will be some health fucking deal. It you is a health deal. You get an extra ounce of vitamin so, C every 90 no, days. But it has been proven that, like, everybody's all about you need to drink a gallon of water a day, 100 ounces, whatever it is. You are more likely to drink that if you're drinking from a straw versus drinking from a cup. I call so, bullshit. Nope. Why don't beer come with straws then? Yeah, because I can drink well, 100 ounces like, of that. Exactly. Like, no, 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 I drink 11 ounces of water. Maybe this is a girl versus boy thing. I don't know, but it's something about if you're drinking from a straw, you're more likely. Because if you're going to take a, a gulp, you'll take like a gulp and then quit. Whereas if you're drinking from a straw, it's coming like slower, drink more? I guess. Yeah, you'll drink more. Maybe so they you're recommend a more predisposed for that type of activity. I, don't know. I, knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. you. It's your story. Tell it how you want. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue. But How I, many ounces of water do you drink a day? Actually, I do drink a lot of... Well, I I drink 
a, a decent amount of water. I'm not going to say a bunch. I mean... I drink 100 ounces of water every single day. Why would you do that? Because it's good for you. You also you. run several miles a day for no reason. Nobody's chasing you. What's you can stop. No, I, so. I run because if I didn't run then I would not be married to him. So my wife <laughs> well, it's a mental thing. <laughs> literally runs marathons the 26.2 miles. Mm-hmm. And to me that's the most dumbest fucking waste of time you could ever have in your life. Why well, why would you do such? Oh my gosh. Well, why not? I just I nobody's chasing us, Carolyn. <laughs> if you I'm just saying that whenever you push your body to its limits physically, mentally, and you feel you find out what you're capable that's of. That's why there's twenty four beers in a case, Carolyn. Exactly. No, so that's like when I'm like falling down drunk, like I drank eighteen, I'm gonna push for twenty, the next yeah, day I feel like a million bucks. And, yeah. yeah. Look what I, I, I did. feel like a million bucks. I Absolutely. bet you feel fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now I'm worried in the fact that if I go to a restaurant, I'll drink iced tea till they quit bringing it to me. Mm-hmm. But I never make tea at home. I just sweet drink tea? water I just drink water at home. Uh, Sweet tea at the restaurant's too sweet. I'd like to go half and half. I, that's inconvenient for them, but... Until you get McDonald's sweet tea, then it is so sweet. Yeah, you can, you can physically feel the grains of sugar hit your yeah. teeth. Yeah, it like half. eats through the styrofoam before yeah. you even get it drank. Yeah, you gotta buy two, let it melt, and yeah. yeah. But I drink tea as long as they'll bring it to me, but I never make tea at home. I'm just now, growing up, that's all we drank. That is all we drank was tea. Mm-hmm. That's it. But now I I ain't had a glass of tea in years. My grandma always we'd have family dinner every single Sunday, and there'd be two gallons of tea sitting there on the counter, and that's what everybody drank was tea. Between me and a buddy of mine at lunch today, we we went through three or four pitchers of half and half tea hmm. at lunch. I finally got to where I'll drink soda a little bit. So ninety nine percent of the time, I don't care if it's McDonald's parties wherever. And for those of you out west, Carl's Jr., <laughs> I will drink water. That's what I always order. But I went for two and a half years, never drank one ounce of soda. Not yeah, one. Me too. And then probably two years ago, I started again. But even now, I'll only get one. Very, I can't very, drink soda. I'll get it on very rare occasions. The only time I drink soda is like if I've had a stomach bug or something. And like, yeah. you know how that is. You just and want to Sprite. It's funny too. Cause, Sprite and crackers. Because mm-hmm. Cora, our middle child, she's going to be nine refuses to drink soda and she's been that away since she will not drink it nope. we, had, well, we had our kids convinced that soda wasn't available in Illinois till her aunts in Minnesota <laughs> ruined that for her thanks uh, a lot yeah yeah it worked out good for a long time now Henry he'll drink it Josie will drink it but Cora she just she wants water she wants water that's her most favorite thing but she'll ask for coffee on Saturday I never get water at a restaurant hardly though because for some reason I always feel like it's dirty I don't know why I don't know where I got that started at but I never drink water. Well, you're kind of a germaphobe, though. Like you, you I'm germ conscious, Carolyn. <laughs> I'm, germ, I'm not germaphobe. I'm germ conscious. I'm sorry. Like this hand sanitizer deal, I've been doing that for years. Okay? So do you, do you wear a mask then? No, I don't wear a mask. That's ridiculous. That's dumb as shit. But I do. Like, I love wintertime because in a hooded sweatshirt, you can keep hand sanitizer right there in the little pocket. Oh, my gosh. Okay, but let me back this up. Let me back this up. So you go to like the National Farmer's Union show, right? So you're shaking like... 50 hands a day, minimum. Sure. So, I just shake my, you shall shake your little hand. I know what you've been doing a minute ago. I just saw you come out of the bathroom. Some dipshit designed the bathroom wrong. We have to touch the door to get out of it, which is my biggest pet peeve in the world, because doors should always open out for a bathroom, and they shouldn't require hands to do it, because that's just dumb. And I'll just stick my little hand in my pocket, a little hand sanitizer, bang, back to good and go. I know what those hands have been doing. You've never touched a hand that didn't have a in it. Do you want saying. to know how much I care? You should care, no. Carolyn. You should no. care. Because, well, let's just I face it. That, that People are dirty. People are dirty. Watch them wipe their nose, try to shake your hand. That's not my thing. I don't care. I don't mind shaking hands, but I don't know if you ever listened to this. Mike and Mike in the morning back. They, they don't do it anymore, but there was a sports show in the morning. And the, the one Mike was Mike Greenberg. And his thing was <laughs> how dirty handshaking was. He wanted to go to the bow or anything other than the handshake. And I'm like, you know, I can get on board with that. I like a firm handshake. I like a real man's handshake. If you if you have a limp wristed handshake, oh, don't, don't come, nothing burns oh, me more. drives me nuts. If you hang a wet noodle out, I kind of want to swing at you. I've told that my is, son, yes, a thousand times. Little limp wristed, yes. don't even squeeze. I'm like, yeah. when you when you, you shake, shake a man's hand, you, hand, you shake a man's hand. <laughs> Damn right. But by that same token, if you want to hand sanitize after that, I got no problem with that. But do it in the, incognitoly, 
Pre-COVID, it was rude to do that afterwards. Like, pre-COVID, if I shook your hand and then I immediately hand sanitized, oh, yeah. you're going to judge me. Now it's like, oh, that guy, yeah, that's a pretty good plan. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it's norm. But, yeah. yeah I'm not so, germophobic. I'm germ conscious. I don't like toilet seats for the exact same reason. They might taste like filet mignon, but I'll never know because I ain't licking toilet seats, Carolyn. That's why they have ass gaskets. And exactly. Exactly. Not, you guys know what an ass gasket is. When you go in a bathroom stall, they got them stupid fucking... Paper tissue things that you pull out and put over the see that's an ass gas. I'm one of the few people you'll know that I wash my hands when I go into the bathroom and again when I get done. But I wash it going in because you've touched a lot of stuff. I don't want that on Here, my here's here's my thing. And this is gonna sound very judgmental, very I would prejudice wouldn't be right, very judgmental. So to me the some of the dirtiest places on the face of the earth, and I'm sorry for the guys listening, I'm sorry, are truck stops. Yes. Just because, like, they're, I, I can't get past the bathroom in a truck stop. Oh, they all have the same smell. They do. If, if you wanted to just tell me that, hey, you're going into solitary confinement for six months and you throw me in the bathroom of a truck stop, I'm done. Fuck it, I'm out. Just shoot me. I'm, I can't take it. I can't take it. A bathroom of a truck stop truck stop should smell like a holiday inn when we were kids yeah. like the holodome I want that thing to reek of bleach so bad it makes my nose bleed yeah. that's what I'm looking for when I walk in there yeah. it does not smell it like don't. that it smells like 15 year old urinal cakes yeah. and like somebody washed themselves in the and sink the bad part is when we were kids a truck driver wore a cowboy hat a denim jacket Wrangler jeans, weighed 130 pounds, smoked cigarettes. Yep. Now he wears fucking sweatpants, Sandals. flip-flops, yeah. weighs 600 pounds, got a headset in, and just falls out of the truck. Yeah. And he goes, it takes him 20 minutes to walk to the fucking cashier and bitch about something. Yeah, but his automatic won't shift because yeah. he can't jam gears anymore. Yeah. So that's what turned me off. If, if it was all Clint Eastwood's pissed in the truck stop bathrooms, <laughs> I'm totally on board. Yeah. I'll go in here, hell, I might rub one off. But, <laughs> yeah. but nope. Now that it's all these people, you've ruined it. I'm yeah, done. I, I count hear me you. out. I'm done. I'm out. I hear you. I can't handle oh. it. It has. It's changed. Your dad's a truck driver, and your dad is what I would call a good truck driver. He's a clean-cut guy, very professional. I mean, seriously, he really is. I mean, he, he dresses nice. He yeah. takes pride in what he does. But he's in a very small minority yeah. of the truck drivers. Well, now. he's also been a truck driver for... So he can probably run reverse. You don't know how many truck drivers I get at the shop. They're like, hey, I hope you don't want me to back up because I can't do that. I'm like, how did you get your license So get if this. you physically can't back up? I will never forget it. It's been 15 years ago when I was working for another farmer. We were hauling beans up just outside of Chicago. They were seed beans. And we were actually, so this guy had a big seed business there. So the beans we were dumping was going to be used for seed, but he was also an exporter. They were dumping other beans. They were putting them in cargo containers like you'd put on a ship and send yep. across the ocean. I'll never forget this as long as I live. So his scale there to weigh in and weigh out was completely ground level. You didn't pull up on any ramps. You could have drove on that scale crossways. It didn't matter. It was completely ground level. And there was this guy. I was sitting there unloading beans, and he had this little bitty... Uh, it kind of went up into one of them old-fashioned wooden, if you call it a seed house. You know, one like a grain leg. It was one of them real yeah. old wooden structures. So, it, you know, on a 950 bushel load of beans or whatever it was, it'd take you 30 to 45 minutes to unload it because you kind of had to trickle it in and go yeah. slow, you know. And so I got there, weighed in, started unloading, and I just started unloading. This guy ahead of me, and he had to be out of Chicago. I, I know he was because we were that close to Chicago. He was in a little bitty single-axle truck with a 20-foot container on a set down on a trailer behind it. So you know, this whole yeah. rig, I'm going to guess, was 40-foot long, very tops. Probably not even that. And all he had to do was make a left-hand turn and pull straight on the scale. And so I just started unloading, and I'm sitting there watching this guy. He makes a left-hand turn, and he just barely missed the scale. I had one back tire off the scale. So the guy comes out of scale scale house. He's like, yeah, hey, you're going to have to get over. you got a tire off. This guy fucked around for 25 minutes and could not get this thing on the scale. I'm like, at this point in time, you could have went out to the fucking road, turn around and come back in and just pulled back on the other direction. Yeah. Fucks around, fucks around. Finally, I get so tired of watching this guy. I walk over and I'm like, do you want me to put this thing on the scale for you? Oh, man, I, I, I just, I, I can't get it. The scale's too narrow. I'm like, it's not too fucking narrow. You, you got three feet on each side. 
So he's like, you know, if you think you can, go for it. So I jump in his truck. I pulled it forward six feet and backed up about seven feet. Perfect. <laughs> Got the truck. I didn't say a word to the guy. I was just shaking my head the whole way. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. And then it gets even better. I, so by this time, time I watch this guy, yeah, burnt 25, 30 minutes. Time I get done, way out. I get out to the end of the driveway, and the fucker had just turned out of the driveway, made a right-hand turn. He didn't have his fifth wheel locked, and the whole trailer was sitting down <laughs> the road, completely lost his trailer. I'm like, man, you're having a bad day. Yeah. First, you couldn't hit the scale that you could hit from any direction, and yeah. then you lost your trailer. But I didn't stop that time. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm out. I had a guy show up at the shop one time, middle of winter, snow's flying, in shorts. Hey, I'm out here to unload. All right. So I go out there with the forklift, because he's on the road, because he clearly can't back in the drive. And all the freight's in the front. I said, Run, grab your pallet jack and run that to the back. Well, oh, you got one? I'm like, no, I have a forklift. I don't need a pallet jack. I have a forklift. Right. Oh, I don't have a pallet jack. So we had to take a chain. Well, he goes in to change into his sweatpants, which takes him roughly 30 minutes. We drag all the freight to the back, unload it all, set it all off, put it back on the forklift, take it to the shop. Now, keep in mind, you can pull into the driveway. I mean, it's fine. You can go, it's drive through. You don't really need to back up, but this guy was lost and not that great of a truck driver, obviously. So we get it all set off there, whatever. I told the company that sent that, I'm like, hey, if you ever use that trucking company again, I'm just gonna refuse it. We can send it back to California, reload it on another trucking company and send it back. I'm not I'm yep. not taking it again. Yep. And they're like, well, well, they probably thought you have a dock. And I'm like, I do have a dock. But my dock also requires being able to back. And the first thing this guy told me when he got out of the truck in his shorts in the middle of the winter in a snowstorm was, I can't back up. I hope this is okay. <laughs> I've never seen a drive through dock. Maybe they make one, but I don't have one. My dock requires backing up to. So if you can't back and you don't have a pallet jack, don't come to my place. Because I have a pallet jack, but I'm not willing to lend it to you because you should have your own or you should be able to back up to the dock. Mm -hmm. One of the two's gotta happen. Yep. I'm like, I guess I should have carried the electric forklift, set it in his trailer, spun around and brought it out to him. But you, you, it just amazes me the amount of truck drivers out there that can't back. The, the one thing So night moves W9, I know you can't back. We apologize. <laughs> oh, God. I'm this just kidding. I'm more. just kidding. Yeah, Kenworths don't come with reverse. Your shifter's too tall. <laughs> I get all that. I'm just kidding you, but I love you. Congratulations he, on the kid. Yep, and he's got a Kenworth with a cat in it. Yeah. Oh, I can't, yeah. If any cat, it's a dog. Yeah. yeah. Any cat, it's a dog. But nonetheless, i tell you what turned me off on truck driving. All the years I hauled grain to St. Louis, and this is probably a bad reason, but you couldn't go five miles without somebody saying, I ain't got no panties on. <laughs> shut the fuck up. I've heard this a million times. It's old. Shut up. So I just got to shut the radio off. I'm done. Fuck it. I'm out. I'll yeah. take the ticket. Whatever. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What always cracks me up, and it didn't really crack me up. It's sad, really. But it's like, we had a guy at the shop one day, and this guy literally had been in the United States for less than a week. Had a, had a CDL, had a job driving a truck, didn't speak a lick of English. He was come, he come walking up the drive because he'd parked out on the road. He wasn't quite sure where he was at. Okay. So he comes walking up. I'm like, okay, he looks odd. And this is before skinny jeans were a thing. So he's in some pretty snug knickers. And his shirt, he wasn't, he was thin, like Eastern Europeans generally are, because they don't have McDonald's and whatnot, or at least they whatever and I'm like this guy looks odd but okay so he comes walking up there he don't speak a lick of English and I don't know what Eastern European country he was from but he talks into his phone he translates it to me hey he's here for something okay so I said it on there for him whatever he'd been in the country less than a week had a job with a CDL was hauling freight I'm like I don't want to hear any crap about I can't find a job this guy sailed drove flew what? paddled whatever across an ocean come over here and become a truck driver in less than a week and has a phone translating for, for a pretty notable company actually and when I told my dad when that freight left I'm like there is no way in hell that's making it to where it needs to go three days later it was there I don't know how it got there he got lost the other end of town we live in a town of 600 people 
<laughs> you get lost in our town. You had to work at it. Yeah. No stoplights or stop signs on the main stop side. Yeah, you're good. You're just cruising. Yeah. But he talked to his phone long enough. It got him out of there, and he he jiggered on, and he made it there. He, he went to Ohio from, from our place, and he made it. Yeah. Couldn't back, couldn't talk, couldn't read, couldn't write, but he made it. I, so. I, I'm not knocking truck drivers. I'm knocking the, no, me either. the sleazy I'm truck drivers saying, yeah. that are... Because to me, a truck driver is like your dad. Somebody that can that is clean cut, takes pride in what he does. He can back, he can drive, he can yeah. do whatever. He can communicate. He can get from point A to point B and not have to even look at a map. That's a truck driver. Newsflash news for truck drivers. If you're wearing sandals, you're not a truck driver. No. If no. you're wearing sweatpants while moving in the vehicle, you are not a truck driver. No. To me, the truck driver is Jerry Reed on smoking the bag. Exactly. That's a truck driver. You, should, you better be wearing a vest. <laughs> yeah. With, a, cat, with a hat that says cat power. Exactly. If your hat doesn't say cat power, Eli. Yep. yep. I'm going right. to send him one of those hats. We should I'm going to track one of those down, yep. get his name embroidered. I'm sending it to him. Yeah. <laughs> until until Night Moves W9 has a cat power hat on, he's yeah. not a truck driver. He's not a truck driver. <laughs> Plain and simple. You, you can cover that mullet up with anything you want. Unless it says cat power, you ain't driving squat, Eli. Uh, but no, seriously, like congratulations on the baby. Glad to see it. Uh, I'll get the child support shit headed your way here just as soon as the chat clears, and we'll call it good. <laughs> now he's a good dude. If you're not following Night Moves W9, go check him out. But nonetheless, we've got to wrap this one up. God, we're getting way long on this one, but that's all right. We've been having fun doing it. But at any rate, we want to thank Mrs. Growing Corn for stopping in. Thank you're you. welcome. <laughs> exactly. You always keep things interesting. We got to. You correct us where we're wrong. <laughs> you do most of the time. Typical one. Or just bite my tongue off. <laughs> either either, well, yeah, either, either way. way. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. Keep it right here. We're gonna keep them coming your way. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.